this evening. Amen. Whether it's a paper Bible or a digital, I, uh, I have a lot of my study materials anymore on digital, but I still have a hard time getting away from this. Amen. I like to highlight it and mark it and write in it and make notes in it, and, and uh, you can do that on a digital one too, but it just I'm a little bit I'm a little bit old school you know I am that dinosaur remember amen um, so if you have your Bibles tonight whichever format it may be in open to first Corinthians tonight chapter 12 first Corinthians chapter number 12 we didn't get um, well last week of course we didn't have Sunday night or Sunday morning we had a Saturday night we were all different last week but that worked out well the Lord the Lord worked that out and blessed, and so we're uh, we're you remember what we're we're doing on Sunday night is we're discussing the the gifts of the Spirit. We're preaching on desire spiritual gifts, and we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. So I want to continue that tonight, and um, we for the last couple of Sunday nights we've been talking about. I laid some foundation the first week about the gifts. We talked about the word of wisdom, which is the which is the best gift in the category of revelation gifts. There are three categories of gifts that are given in First Corinthians chapter twelve: the revelation gifts, there are the power gifts, and then there are the um, the utterance gifts. And so um, we're gonna we're gonna finish this up on the revelation gifts tonight. Next Sunday, the Lord willing, we'll we'll be dealing with the power gifts. Those are the ones everybody gets excited about: the gift of special faith, the gift of the working of miracles, and the gifts of healing. But these gifts of the Spirit are manifestations of the Spirit within the church, within the body of Christ, in the individual believer's life. They're manifestations of the Spirit. They have not been done away with. They have not been taken out of the church. They didn't die. These gifts did not die when the last apostle died. Are you with me? Amen. They're still real and they're still um, in the church today. And they're for us today. And so we, did, we, we want to see, we want to experience the manifestation of the Spirit and the operation of the gifts of the Spirit in this church and in our lives. Can I get a witness on that? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You got it? Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And then I want to drop down uh, to verse number 7. Amen. Verse number 7. But the manifestations of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now, the reason I read verse 1 and just skipped down is because I want you to get the thrust of this chapter is that Paul the Apostle said that he does not want the church to be ignorant concerning the gifts of the Spirit. He wants us to know about those gifts. And I think that's a problem within a lot of churches today and even in the ranks of Pentecostalism and in the ranks of full gospel churches is there is a not teaching and preaching on the gifts 
And uh, so the gifts of the Spirit, and the, the, the understanding of those gifts is not made known. There's an ignorance about the gifts of the Spirit. Well, we don't want that to be. And Paul said that we didn't, he didn't want us to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Verse 7 says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Notice it's in the plural, gifts of healing. By the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another divers kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, uh, dividing to every man severally as he will. And then the last verse of that 12th chapter says, verse 31, the first part of, uh, of verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts and yet I show unto you a more excellent way covet earnestly the best gifts somebody said what are the best gifts the best gifts are the are the one that the Holy Spirit wants to manifest and use at that particular time in that particular service to accomplish what he wants to accomplish so covet earnestly the best gifts then in chapter 14 in verse number 1 he says this, follow after charity or love, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy, desire spiritual gifts. Amen. Father, bless your word tonight. Help us, God, to get a greater understanding of the manifestation of your spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I'm not going to do a lot of review on what we've already talked about, but we are dealing with right now the three gifts, the three revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. These three gifts reveal the mind of God uh, to the church. They reveal something. So you need to keep that in mind, that those three gifts and manifestations reveal something. The word of wisdom, the Bible said in verse 8, to one is given the word of wisdom. We made mention, told you what the word of wisdom is. The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation regarding the divine purpose and plan of God. It's the mind of God. It's a word of God's wisdom pertaining to futuristic events. You see the manifestation of the word of wisdom in all the Old Testament prophets that prophesied futuristic things, that foretold futuristic events. When you read the, the, uh, when you read the, the prophets, Isaiah and uh, Ezekiel and, and those, those men of God, when they prophesied, and even David as he wrote in the Psalms, prophesying about the coming of the Lord, Jesus prophesying about, about the virgin birth, giving uh, insight and foretelling about the crucifixion. Um, David did that in Psalm 22. All this was, was, was operated through the vehicle of prophecy but were words of wisdom. It was God's wisdom. God knows everything. 
He knows, he knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future. Amen. He knows everything. So the word of wisdom is God's mind that, that, that gives a, a part, a word of God's wisdom that pertains to futuristic events. And as I said, God uses the vehicle of prophecy many times to to send forth that word of wisdom. We gave several examples, and those prophets are one. Um, you know how that um, we talked about Agabus, the prophet in the New in the New Testament in the Book of Acts, uh, several times that he prophesied some things, foretold some things of the future. But that's the word of wisdom. Then the word of knowledge is similar to that. But the word of knowledge is not a, it's not all knowledge. It's not knowledge that we receive from schooling or education, but it's a word of God's knowledge. The word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit um, that, that, that of certain facts in the mind of God concerning, to, concerning people, concerning places, things, and events that pertain to the past or the present. As I said, the word of wisdom pertains to future events. The word of knowledge pertains to events in the past that God would give you uh, or someone a word of knowledge of something that has happened in the past or of something that is going on in the present. Something that you could not know or would not know, would it not be for the supernatural manifestation of God dropping that word? It's just a word of knowledge. It's not all knowledge, but it's a word of God's knowledge, a fragmentary part of the knowledge of God. Amen. Just what He would want you to know in that specific situation, in that specific time. We gave several examples of that from the Old Testament, examples from the New Testament of how that word of knowledge operated uh, in Bible days and how that it should operate in the church world today and in the life of a believer. And I just want to say this, that, that this, the, the word of knowledge would be a great benefit and a great asset to every believer in our prayer life. For God to give us a bit of His knowledge to let us know someone that needed something special in prayer. To give us some insight on a need that someone may have. And God's not going to give, you know, and here's the thing. God's not going to give a word of knowledge to someone who is a, uh, a blabbermouth. Come on, somebody. Amen. You, you need to understand when God gives us something and shares something with us, uh, it, the secret thing, it, it's a secret thing that we need to keep just between us and the Lord. You remember all the things that the Lord said, the angel said to Mary, and it said that Mary just pondered them in her heart. Amen. But that word of knowledge can be so beneficial, so beneficial to us in our prayer time, in our prayer life, as God would reveal things to us for people to pray for, for situations to pray for for, for individuals to pray for. So the word of knowledge, the, the word of wisdom, and the one we want to deal with tonight is the discerning of spirits. How many has ever heard of this, this manifestation? The discerning of spirits. Now the best way for us to understand what a gift is, is to first, and I've done this with each one of these, is to talk about what the gift is not. We can understand by, what it's, by talking about what it's not 
um, and, and learn a little bit about what it is. But when we talk about the, the gift of the discerning of spirits, the discerning of spirits is not some kind of a metaphysical operation. It is not thought reading or mind reading or ESP. Come on, somebody. It's not anything like that. It has nothing to do, this gift of the discerning of spirits has nothing to do with your mind whatsoever. It nothing to do in the realm of the mind. A lot of people, and over the years I've heard this gift referred to, and I used to hear it a lot back years and years ago. They would talk about, you know, if someone, if someone in a church service, if the minister, the evangelist, the pastor, or whoever, um, if the Lord shared something with that pastor about someone and he told them, you know, well, you've got, the Lord has showed me that you have this problem. Actually, that's a word of knowledge instead of a discerning of spirits, as we'll see in a minute. But I, but I I've heard it referred to, I've heard people say, oh, that pastor or that evangelist is used in the gift of discernment. That There is no gift of discernment. Amen? It's not the gift of discernment. It, there's no place in the Bible that talks about a gift of discernment. It is, it is called the discerning of spirits. Amen? It's the discerning of spirits. And this, it's called that because it reveals our, it's by the supernatural power of God, God gives the ability to see the presence or the activity of a spirit that motivates a person, a spirit that is in operation in a service or in an individual's life, whether that would be a good spirit or a bad spirit. The discerning of spirits is a gift and a manifestation that gives believers insight into the spiritual realm, into the spiritual world, into a realm that the five physical senses cannot enter. Now, how many of you all know tonight there is a physical realm, a natural realm that we are in here to night, but there is also a spiritual realm that these natural eyes cannot comprehend or cannot see. Amen? We sang that song a while ago. We're standing on holy ground, and, and there's angels all around. I can tell you tonight that there are, there is the presence of angels in this building tonight. You cannot see them with your natural eye, but they are here. Somebody would say, well, Brother Rick, how do you know? that there are angels here well one way I know is because the Bible says that the angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fears the Lord and I fear the Lord and anybody else that's here that fears the Lord your angel is camped out here in this service he came to church with you and he'll follow you home tonight amen there are angels present but we can't see them because they're in a different realm. They're not in the natural realm. They're in the spiritual realm. But there is, the spiritual realm is real. The spiritual realm is more real than the physical realm. God is a spirit. He is spirit. Amen? The Holy Spirit is spirit. How many believe the Holy Spirit is here tonight? 
Amen. Woo, hallelujah. I felt that. The Holy Spirit is here tonight. I cannot see him with my natural eyes. But yet in the book of Revelation, through the gift of discerning of spirit, John, the, John the Revelator was allowed through this gift to see, um, to see into heaven, to see into the spiritual realm. The whole book of Revelation and the visions that John saw when he saw angels and he saw seraphim and he saw saw cherubim and he saw the throne of God and he saw Jesus before the throne and John saw uh, 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 the seven lamps of fire the, that represented the seven spirits of God that represented the Holy Spirit. John saw into the spirit realm by this gift, the gift of the discerning of spirits. It's inside into that spirit world. We can't see into it with our natural eyes and there's something else that I just want to throw in here that we don't need to be praying for God to show us an angel we don't need to be asking God to let an angel manifest or appear to us if the Lord so desires to let you through this spiritual gift see into the spiritual realm and see an angel and he may choose to do that if he does that's according to the will of God that's up to him but you don't need to be seeking those kind of manifestations because if we do the enemy can get involved in that and he can show you an angel that you wouldn't want to be involved with come on amen Hallelujah. But there is a spiritual realm, and the spiritual realm is real. And we're dealing with, but we're, we're, we're not wrestling tonight. We're not, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. We're fighting a spiritual battle, and we've got spiritual weapons, and we've got spiritual gifts, and thank God for the gifts of the Holy Ghost. We are. Amen. We are to be a supernatural church. And, and, and um, you know, a New Testament church is a supernatural church. But it's the ability to see the presence and the activity of a spirit. It's insight. It's, it's God opening up the spiritual eyes. And allowing that believer for, for a, it'll be, and it would be a purpose for your benefit to see into the spiritual realm for some particular purpose that God may have for you. Amen? You know, you know, we we talked about a little bit about uh, the word of uh, the word of knowledge last week, and uh, or week before last, and we talked about how that uh, the king of uh, the king of Syria would make his battle plans, and he would uh, send his uh, uh, armies out to different places to ambush the armies of Israel. And remember how that, that the Lord would give a word of knowledge to the prophet Elisha. And Elisha would go to the king of Israel and say, Hey, uh, I can tell you right where the Syrian army is set up, where they're, where they're set up to ambush you. And he would tell them. Every time he would tell the king of Israel, that's where they're at. And so the king of Israel would take his army and sneak up on them and get them. And so the king of Syria, you know, he said, Who, You know, there's, there's a spy in this camp. 
some of y'all is telling where, where, I'm, where I'm sending the army. And they said, no, it's not none of us. It's that prophet down there, Elisha. God's telling him everything you say in your, in your bedchamber. God's speaking it to him and letting him know. That was the word of knowledge. But then remember how the king of Syria sent the armies to Dothan to capture Elisha. They said, go down there to Dothan and take him. We're going to bring him back. He's not going to, we're going we're gonna to lock him up. And so the armies of Syria went down there to Dothan. And uh, the, that morning the prophet's servant gets up and he looks out and the whole city is surrounded by the armies of the Assyrians. Remember that? And the, 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 the servant of Elisha said, oh, we're surrounded. What are we going to do? His words were, alas, alas, what are we going to do? And remember what Elisha said to him? I love this. Elisha said, fear not, son. He said, they that are with us are more than they that are with them. Hallelujah. Well, I imagine Gehazi, the servant, thought, well, the old man's finally flipped. Praise God. There's just two of us here, and we're surrounded by the Syrian army. But remember, Elisha said, he prayed a prayer. And he said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. His natural eyes were open, but he didn't have his spiritual eyes open. And when Elisha prayed, he was allowed then to see what Elisha was seeing. He looked into the spirit realm and he saw angels chariots of fire in the mountains surrounding the city hallelujah and then then the servant of Elisha knew exactly what he's talking about there's more with us see it was seeing into God allowed him to see into the spirit realm those angels didn't just show up when that man saw them they were there all the time hallelujah but the Lord through the gift of discerning of spirits allowed him to look into the spirit realm and see the, 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 the angels of the Lord through this gift of discerning of spirits we are enabled to see into the divine realm into the demonic realm and into the human realm it can be a discerning of what is in an individual person's heart. It can be a looking into the spirit realm to see the things of God. Um, as I mentioned with John, how that he, through the discerning of spirits, saw heaven, saw the throne of God, saw the angels around, around about the throne. Are you with me tonight? Amen. And it can also be in the demonic realm. And we have examples of that in the Word of God as well. So it's the discerning of spirits in the divine realm, seeing into the divine realm, demonic realm, and human realm. Something else about the gift of the discerning of spirits, as I said, it's not the gift of discernment. And there's something else that it's not. It's not the gift of suspicion. And it's not the gift of fault finding. And it's not the gift of criticizing. Come on, amen. 
I mean, you know, you can probably see faults in my life and I can see faults in your life, but that's not the gift of the discerning of spirits working, all right? It's not fault finding. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that we're not to be finding fault with one another. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin, amen? But the Lord can and does at times and probably would more often would we pray and desire these gifts and he have him manifest them in our lives he he does desire to allow us at times to look into the spirit realm all right hallelujah so it's not suspicion but it's that ability to look into the spirit realm and have insight into the spirit world the gift of discerning of, of spirits can enable a church to choose the proper men and women to fulfill ministry positions in the church. If we would just have this gift operating in our lives and within the church today. Now let's look at a few examples tonight of the operation of this gift in the Bible. The discerning of spirits. We've talked about what it's not. We've talked about what it is. Amen. And uh, because that word discern means to perceive by seeing or hearing. And uh, as I've told you already, we've talked about the word of wisdom and knowledge dealing with person, persons and places and things and events. The discerning of spirits deals with spirits. What spirit is in operation or in manifestation? Can reveal angels, can reveal God, can reveal Jesus, can reveal cherubims, seraphims, and uh, can reveal the powers of good and the powers of evil. If you'll look with me tonight, I'm going to take you to just a few places in the Word of God to give you some, some examples. In the book of Isaiah, I think we're all familiar with the book of Isaiah and this particular passage. In Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 1, it says this, Here was a manifestation uh, in the life of Isaiah of this gift of the discerning of spirits. In Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, he says, In the year that King Uzziah died, listen, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Do you see what's happening here? The prophet Isaiah, God has pulled back the veil and through the gift of the discerning of spirits, He's allowed to look into the spirit realm. It said that He saw the Lord high and lifted up, sitting on His throne. It was through this gift that he was allowed to see that. He saw the seraphim. He saw those angels uh, uh, there around the throne of God crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And then he said, Woe is me, for I am undone. 
I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. And then flew one of the seraphims to me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from with the tongs from off of the altar. And he laid that coal upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged and also I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send who will go for us then said I here I am send me hallelujah do you see what's happening here how was Isaiah to know he saw that seraphim take that coal off of the altar fly to him and lay it upon his tongue it was supernatural insight into the realm of of the spirits amen into the spirit world in the book of acts the seventh chapter of the book of acts if you'll remember the situation with Stephen how many remember Stephen you remember who Stephen was Stephen was the first martyr wasn't he Stephen was um, one of the one of the uh, deacons that began to go out and to preach to the people. And you you know what? Stephen preached a pretty hard, straight message. Amen. I heard a preacher say one time that Stephen would have never got stoned. He would have never got stoned to death, never got killed if he would have, wouldn't have just preached so hard. And I said, well, good grief. That's what the Lord told him to do. He gave him the message. Amen. Hallelujah. I think that's what's wrong with us today. We're afraid of persecution, so we're afraid people won't like us, so we won't preach the truth. But Stephen was one that went out and he preached the truth. And he preached so hard. And he told the the ones he was preaching to, he said, You are stiff-necked, you're uncircumcised in heart and ears, just like your father resisted the Holy Ghost, you resist the Holy Ghost just like they did. And man, they were mad. You read that seventh chapter of Acts. I mean, he preached the whole history of Israel to them and then called them stiff-necked and uncircumcised. In other words, he said, he said, You're a hard hard-headed bunch you won't listen to nothing anybody says you resist the Holy Ghost I mean he's letting them he was he was he was letting them have it amen and so they got so mad he preached so hard to them and I've never had this happen I don't guess if I have I've never I've never um, experienced I've never saw it but they he preached so hard the Bible said they stopped up their ears they didn't want to hear nothing. Amen. They stopped up their ears. They gnashed on him with their teeth. And the Bible said that they, that they took him out there and they got stones and they began to stone Stephen to death. They began to stone him to death. But here's the point that I want to make tonight in that, in that seventh chapter. Verse 54 says that when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. That is a manifestation of this gift 
of the discerning of spirits. Through this gift, he was allowed, praise God, by the Holy Spirit to look into the spirit realm and to see something that his natural eyes could not see. He saw heaven. He saw Jesus standing on the right hand of Almighty God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Amen. That's a manifestation of that gift as it deals with looking into the realm of the divine, into the things of God, to see the angels like Elisha and his servant, to see the seraphim and to see the throne of God just like um, uh, Isaiah did, to see Jesus standing on the right hand of the Father just like Stephen did. But also this gift is also, as I said, used in the realm of the human spirit anybody know that you are a spirit being you are a you are made up of spirit soul and body correct we live in this physical natural realm we live and are controlled for the most part by five physical senses What we can see, what we can hear, what we can smell, what we can taste, what we can feel or touch. Amen. But there's more out there than that. Amen. But this is is the body that you live in, the physical body. But you, yourself, are a spirit being. Right? Amen. Paul said, I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless to the coming of the Lord. Be sanctified. That God would sanctify you holy spirit, soul, and body. So the spirit and the soul uh, are so inter- intricately connected and woven together and, live and, and are, are inside this body. Actually, what death is, is the separation of that spirit and soul from that body. James said that the body without the spirit is what? Dead. Amen? The only thing that dies when a person dies is your body. Your spirit and soul leave the body. If you're a Christian, if you're born again, you immediately, and that is the real you. That spirit is the real you. That's the real you. Amen? And immediately when that spirit leaves that body for a believer, they immediately, glory to God, are escorted into the presence of God by the angels of the Lord. Hallelujah. Right into the presence of God just like that. The the body is the only thing. Thing that sleeps the body is the only thing that goes to the to the to the grave amen but that spirit goes back of the Christian goes back to God who gave it and is in the presence of the Lord awaiting the day of the rapture of the church and the trump of God to sound when the dead in Christ shall rise oh I'm about to get happy now amen but when the Bible talks about our heart I talked this morning about the soils being the heart of the, of the believer, your heart. When the Bible talks about your heart, it's not talking about that organ there in your body that pumps blood throughout your body. Your heart is your innermost being. 
It, the heart is the real you. It's the spirit. When we talk about the seed being sown in the heart of man, that's the seed which is spirit and life, the word of God getting into the your spirit and man. Believing with the heart is not believing with the mind or with the head, but it's believing with your spirit man. It's faith down on the inside of you. That's the thing so many times we get so messed up because we're trying to believe with our head and there's nowhere the Bible says to believe with your head. The Bible says that we must believe in our heart. Hallelujah to the Lamb. That's the real you. That's the spirit. Man, that's the real you. Amen. You've never saw, all you've ever saw of me is the house that I live in. All I've ever saw of you is the house that you live in. You, you're looking out two windows. Glory to God. Two windows you're looking out here called eyes that God has given you. Praise God. But the spirit man, the spirit man, that's the part that is reborn. The spirit, the hidden man of the heart, Peter called him. The spirit man is what is born again and born of God and receives the righteousness of God and the nature of God, hallelujah, and is made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. That inner man, amen, you're born again on the inside, in your spirit. That which, was, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So that's what gets born again when you get saved, amen, is the spirit, is your inner man. Praise the Lord. I needed to catch my breath anyway. <laughs> Praise God. I think it's that. I don't know. All right. So to look into, I can't, okay, there we go. To look into by the discerning of spirits also looks into the human spirit. God allowing by this gift through the Holy Spirit for a person, an individual to see or perceive what is in the heart of someone else. Jesus did this. He was used in this gift. Somebody said, well, that was Jesus. Jesus, in his earthly ministry, operated in all nine of these gifts of the Holy Spirit. Jesus many times looked into the hearts of individuals and knew what was in them, knew what was in their hearts. There are also... There are also instances in the book of Acts and other places where the, same, where the same thing took place. You remember when Philip went down to Samaria. He went down to Samaria and preached and had a great, uh, a great revival there in Acts chapter 8. Great Holy Ghost revival, great move of God. And the whole city of Samaria turned to the Lord and got saved. And many of them, this Bible said that there was, there was great joy in the city. They all gave heed to the things that Philip preached. And unclean spirits were cast out of many that were possessed with them. And those healed, those with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. But do you remember there was a guy there by the name of Simon the sorcerer? Anybody remember him? Simon was a, was a, was a soothsayer. He was a... A, 
he, he operated in, um, in sorcery. He operated in fortune telling by an evil spirit. And he gave out that he himself was some great one. But the Bible says that, and, and all the people followed after Simon, but the Bible says that, that when Simon heard the preaching of Philip and saw the miracles that took place, that Simon himself believed and was baptized and began to follow after Philip. Well, Peter and John came down to Samaria, and uh, they came down to hold, a, uh, to hold a crusade, to hold special services for the Samaritans to be filled with the Holy Ghost. When they came down, they prayed for those because the Bible said the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them because they, they, they had, not been, had not yet been given, had not yet fallen on them, only they had been born again and baptized uh, in water. But when the Holy Spirit fell on them, Simon saw the Holy Ghost, saw them filled with the Holy Ghost, saw the evidence that was given, and then Simon offered Peter some money. Simon put, he thought, man, i got to have this because if I can get this where I can pray for people and they get this power like this and this manifestation of the power of God, that's even greater than what I had with the devil. I'll, uh, the, everybody will follow after me. I want this. So he offered Peter money and tried to buy the gift of God. Come on, amen. He, he offered him money. He said, give me this same power. Give me this gift that on whoever I lay my hands on that he or she, they will be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to stop right here and just say something tonight, saints. You cannot buy the power of God. You can't buy the gift of God. You can't buy the spiritual gifts. You can't pay a preacher to lay hands on you and impart the gifts to you. Amen. They are given by the Holy Spirit as he wills, as he desires, and as he wants you to have them. Can I get an amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. So he said, give me this gift. And here's what Peter said. Peter said to him, verse 20 of Acts chapter 8, Your money perish with you, because you have thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money, and it cannot. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. How did Peter know that? Your heart is not right in the sight of God. There was something that allowed him to see. Come on, somebody. To see into the very heart, into the very spirit, into the human spirit of this man. And see that his heart was not right before the Lord. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. And verse 23 says, For I perceive that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. How did, how did this perception come? It was a supernatural manifestation. God was allowing Peter to look into through this operation of the discerning of spirits into the very spirit of this man uh, Simon and see that in his heart there was bitterness, there was uncleanness, that he was not right in the sight of God. Can somebody say, Brother Rick, we need that gift today. Amen. We need to be able to discern whether somebody's in a right spirit or somebody's in a wrong spirit. Amen. 
There's, there's, there's a need for this operation of the Holy Spirit today. So Peter saw what could not be seen in the natural or with the natural eye. There's an example also in the 13th chapter of Acts. And I'll just make mention of that. Where another sorcerer by the name of Elymas tried to prevent Paul and, and, uh, to, from delivering the gospel to a, a man by the name of Sergius Paulus. And Paul said this to this sorcerer let's look at it in the 13th chapter of Acts in the 6th and the 6th verse uh, praise God the 6th verse the 8th verse says but Elymas the sorcerer withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith then Paul who is Saul who is also called Paul listen filled with the Holy Ghost set his eyes on this one Elymas and he said oh full of sub, uh, subtlety and all mischief you child of the devil thou enemy of all unrighteousness will you cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord listen he could see into the heart through the Holy Spirit that this man's heart was not right with God and he called it out and he told him just the way that it was and told him that he needed to get right with the Lord come on amen that is the operation of this gift in the divine realm in the human realm but it also operates in the demonic realm to look into the spirit realm to know what spirit is an operation in a person's life to know if and when there's demonic activity in an individual's life. I'll close with this. Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas are in Philippi. They had been called there by the Lord. Paul had saw in a vision a man from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. Come over here and help us. So they go to Philippi and they're preaching, they're ministering there in the city of Philippi. And in Acts 16, 16, it says, And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divin divination met us. And that's a, that's a, that's a fortune-telling demon every time we go to Branson for years there's been there right there on that one corner that big palm up there palm read I'm, I, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus every time I go by there glory to God <laughs> you don't want to fool with that stuff folks it's not just fun and games amen there are spirits Ouija boards are not to be fooled with they're 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 there's spirits that operate in that stuff and behind that. A certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination. I, I'm wanting to say something else, but i got to move on. Met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. <clears throat> so she was getting paid well. She, if she would have had a phone, she would have had a psychic hotline. <laughs> and the same followed Paul and us. She was following Paul and Silas in the... The, the ministry group and cried saying these men are the servants of the most high God which show us the way of salvation 
And this she did for many days. But notice this. But Paul being grieved, Paul being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit. Who's he talking to? He's not dealing with the woman. He's dealing with the Spirit that is controlling the woman. For several days she's followed them around. These are the servants of the Most High God that show us the way of salvation. What she was saying was correct, but the, but the, the information she was getting was from that Spirit that was controlling her. She was pretending she was, prof- she was, she was foretelling who they were by supernatural knowledge. And after a few days, finally, Paul why, didn't Paul, why didn't Paul deal with it the first day? Why didn't Paul deal with it the, seventh, the second day? Because you don't turn these gifts off and on with a switch or a button. It was when the Spirit of the Lord moved upon him, the gift of discerning of spirits was manifested, and he saw into that lady and saw the Spirit that was controlling her. Through that supernatural gift, God allowed him to see into the spirit realm and see that there was a demon spirit that was using her to tell fortunes to do all this, and when he saw that spirit he dealt with the spirit he didn't tell the woman to go home he didn't tell the woman to get to leave them alone but he spoke to the spirit and rebuked the spirit come on amen he commanded the spirit he said to the spirit I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her Come out of her in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you something, church. We've got to know. We've got to understand the authority that's in the name of Jesus and the power and the authority that God has given to the church. Hallelujah. To take authority over the powers of darkness. He commanded the demon to come out of her, the spirit to come out of her. And the Bible says that he, the spirit, came out in that very same hour. And guess what happened? When the spirit came out of her and her master saw the hope of their gain was gone, she couldn't tell the future anymore. She couldn't tell anybody's fortune anymore. Her crystal ball just dried up. Glory to God, because that demon spirit was gone. That ought, to tell, that ought to tell us something about what's behind all of that is demon spirits. You don't have no business as a Christian consulting the horror scope come on somebody or anything that has to do with the occult amen we we're commanded by the word of God to leave all that stuff alone it's not fun and games it opens up the door for the demonic in our lives but the spirit was cast out Paul saw into that realm of demon spirits and cast that demon out that's the gift of discerning of spirits he discerned the spirit that was in operation and that was in manifestation in her life so these are the gifts the three gifts of revelation the word of wisdom the word of knowledge the discerning of spirits that we need that we need operating and functioning in the local church and in our lives today. Amen. We need them today. Praise God. Would you bow your heads with me?
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you today. Heavenly Father, we praise you. Thank you for the...